Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in another edition of the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast alongside Adam Burke. I am Tim Murray getting you ready in the early part of the week for championship week. We haven't had the rankings revealed yet. Uh, we'll see how far Ohio State potentially falls after the loss to Michigan. Does Michigan jump up to number one? The portal is starting to open up some decent names. Nothing too crazy. Will Howard, probably the biggest name uh, Tyler Van Dyke also in the portal. We're already seeing the coaching carousel on the move. So we got a lot to get to some, uh, not to rip off uh, Scott Van Pelt, but uh, maybe some bad beats to discuss uh, regarding win totals. Mr. Burke, I know you're an Ohio State guy. Uh, and uh, as I watched that game, you know, I just, I thought back to September 23rd and said, oh, that's what it's like for a safety to make a game-clinching interception at home against Ohio State. So a tough one for your Buckeyes, and uh, I know that uh, you are not looking forward to the likely Orange Bowl appearance against Louisville. No, not even a game I'll pay attention to. Definitely not a game that Marvin Harrison Jr. will play in, and who knows if anybody else decides to skip it, maybe Cade Stover or somebody like that. But uh, look, I mean... I, I get it. Ryan Day is great and this great record and all this, but, you know, he doesn't beat Michigan and he doesn't win in playoff games or against, you know, playoff caliber teams. So I wish they'd move on. Clearly they're not going to, but, you know, very, uh, very frustrating Saturday to say the least. But I, I will say this, let, let, you know, I think this is kind of worth talking about here and we can talk about it a little bit more when we get to Michigan in, in the Big Ten title game. But 
did they do anything that was all that impressive in that game against Ohio State? I mean, Blake Corum, 22 carries, 88 yards, nothing. J.J. McCarthy, previously a Heisman favorite, 16 of 20, 148 yards. Like, their longest passing play was from a running back with Donovan Edwards. So, I don't know. I wasn't impressed with Michigan, and that makes it that much more frustrating that Ohio State couldn't get the victory. Yeah, it's not to make it too big picture, but I I feel like you can say that about a lot of teams, right? I mean, not to make this Notre Dame centric because they got their ass kicked by Louisville and Clemson. So they weren't going to go anywhere anyways, but I came away with the Notre Dame, Ohio state game, incredibly frustrated. Honestly, I'm sure Duke fans, if there are such a thing in football came away frustrated the following week and you know, we could get to Alabama, Auburn, and, and not that Ohio State, Michigan is is in the same realm because it you know was a three point spread. It wouldn't have been a big upset, but like we haven't had that wow moment, that stunning moment in college football this year, right? Like we've had some of these games where you've got okay, here it is, Auburn's going to beat Alabama, and it just doesn't happen. You know, uh, oh, Washington's going to lose to Stanford. Oh, they dropped a fourth down pass. Oh, they're going to lose at Arizona. Oh, they Arizona State, they missed a couple kicks. It has been very it's been a very odd year in college football in that regard. I mean, Florida felt like had their chances to beat Florida State on on Saturday night. So, it, it's kind of been a a unique year in that aspect where no one maybe outside of like Texas going into Alabama winning by double digits has there been a result that made me say, like, holy shit, like, where did that come from? Yeah, I mean, there's been, you know, a couple of upsets. I mean, certainly New Mexico State over Auburn, I guess, kind of classifies as one. But but like terms of earth shattering, right? Like, yeah, New Mexico State over Auburn is 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 a 25 point spread, no doubt. But it doesn't alter anything in college football. Like we didn't see Missouri beat Georgia. We didn't see. Uh, let's see, Auburn beat Alabama. You know, we didn't see. I, I, I might be missing something. Look, look, Oklahoma beating Texas was a was great, right? Um, I guess like Pittsburgh beating Louisville was like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. Considering Louisville just smashed Notre Dame, but is Louisville that good? Maybe Louisville losing to Kentucky this weekend, but that was a seven and a half point spread. Right, and and not a great spot for Louisville either with Florida State on deck. And and look, I mean, I, I think kind of the takeaway here is like as you mentioned in spotlight games we haven't really seen it and honestly the texas and alabama one was so early in the season that people really only look at it now because it's relevant to the college football playoff picture if alabama's able to beat georgia this week but other than that it's a game that kind of happened and we just didn't really talk about it that much more you know people were just kind of like oh this isn't a very good alabama team well, they still ran the table in the SEC. They're still 11-1. and one. This is still a pretty good Alabama team. Is it Nick Saban teams of the past? Probably not. But, like, we don't even talk about that Texas win that much anymore. So, yeah, I mean. Because look, look at the top 12, 11, 12 in college football. Georgia has no losses. Michigan has no losses. Washington has no losses. Florida State has no losses. Oregon lost at number three, Washington. Ohio State lost to number two, Michigan. Texas lost to number 12, Oklahoma. Alabama lost to number seven, Texas. Missouri 
has, what, two losses to 13th-ranked LSU and number one Georgia. Penn State lost to Ohio State and uh, Michigan. And uh, Ole Miss lost to Georgia, uh, and, Georgia Alabama. and Alabama. Like, it's it's kind of a weird year. The biggest upset, so to speak, is, I guess, Kansas beating Oklahoma or Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma. You just kind of go down, and there's there's really nothing crazy about this year. No, not really. And, I mean... You know, I think what it kind of speaks to in a lot of respects is like outside of those top eight, top nine teams, like everybody else feels interchangeable with, with the portal and free agency and NIL and all these kinds of things. Like everybody else just kind of feels to me like just, you know, plug and play. And and, you know, in terms of my power ratings, it's basically just been bouncing teams back and forth within the same six, seven point window. Oh, this week they played like shit and got you know, mildly upset by somebody. I'm dropping them three points. Oh, look, the next week they played great. I'm moving back up three points. So I don't know. And and it really makes me wonder how much the playoff gets watered down being expanded next season, if it does. And of course, it's going to take away some of the luster of these huge, you know, regular season matchups where Ohio State, Michigan this past weekend wouldn't really mean all that much with an expanded playoff. I mean, the team that wins would get a bye. But other than that, doesn't really mean that much. So I don't know. I'll be curious to see what it all kind of means going forward. But but I do agree with you that, you know, we haven't seen one of these second tier teams really pick up that big win. And frankly, when you look at the Lions for this week's conference championship games, it doesn't look like it's going to happen this week either. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get into the Heisman market uh, a little bit later on. But but while you referenced it, let's just take a look uh, and we'll run through them. Obviously, later this week, Matt Newmans and myself, we will break down the majority of these uh, conference championship games with best bets. I, I don't have a bet yet. Um, I've thought about a couple, um, but but nothing yet. I'll run through them. Uh, we got two games on Friday. Oregon and Washington being the biggest one. Oregon laying nine and a half. That is that's something, man. And it just tells you uh, where the market has gone with this Oregon team since they lost to Washington. So, you know, to put this in perspective, at Washington, six weeks ago, Oregon was a three-point dog. And now on a neutral, they're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. So certainly been some downgrading to Washington and some upgrading for Oregon because since then – Oregon has gone out and pretty much smoked everybody in their path. And on Friday night, uh, it was an ass whooping. I mean, that was a thorough, thorough domination by Oregon, 480 to 273 in total yards. Uh, That game was really never in doubt whatsoever. Uh, So is this number too high, Adam, when you look at it, nine and a half total of 66 and a half? Yeah, I mean, I have it eight and a half. And and the thing that I kind of mentioned, you know, when I did College Lines Revealed on Sunday with JVT and Pam is that it it almost feels like Oregon's kind of being priced like Georgia at this point in time. And from a power rating standpoint with how big some of their numbers have gotten. And I mean, as you mentioned, they've certainly been dominant since that game against Washington. And it's shitty for us because they've called off the dogs the last two weeks where they didn't want to put Bo Nix at risk. He didn't want to run it up against Kenny Dillingham in the Arizona State game. And then the Oregon State game, it was well in hand. He didn't want to, you know, go out there and put Nix at risk, anything like that. So they called off the dogs. 
and still won by 36 and by 24 convincingly. So, yeah, I mean, this is an Oregon team that has been moving up the power ratings ledger. And Washington, I mean, they probably should have lost to Washington State, probably should have lost to Oregon State, or at least could have. The close win over Utah, who then went and got pummeled by Arizona here recently and barely beat Colorado without Shadur Sanders. Washington is definitely falling here. And I I think, you know, Penix isn't healthy. I think we knew that coming out of the Oregon game where he really took a beating. But also this Washington defense, despite the low scoring games the last two weeks, I don't really think all that highly of this Husky defense. So it is a big number. I think there is some sticker shock, but. Tim, I mean, do you want to take Washington with the way that Oregon's playing? No, I'm confident Oregon's going to win. Um, I don't know if I want to lay nine and a half, but sometimes, you know, I, I mean, the fact that the fourth ranked team in the country or third ranked is catching nine and a half on a neutral, man, that is, they are telling you something with that line. So we'll see where this goes. But no, I mean, every, every game, maybe outside of, USC, uh, which, you know, was, was a, you know, I guess a good win for, for Washington. I don't want to just crap on them, but man, it's been, it's been two teams in different paths. It feels like since they met in Seattle, uh, and now they get to meet in Vegas, the game that we all wanted, to be honest, right. We got the rematch 12 and 0 versus 11 and one. The only loss being to Washington, uh, with some questionable play calling, uh, decision-making by Dan Lanning, uh, the conference USA championship is New Mexico State versus Liberty. Um, you know, I'll just, I'll address it here. Uh, Jacksonville State was probably one of my favorite plays in the entire year. I took them as a dog early in the week and then just kept playing them on the money line as the week went on. And I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, call me crazy. I, I just, I thought New Mexico State playing their 13th game of the year with a quarterback who's a little bit dinged up and Diego Pavia. And then, having a short week and a travel to Lynchburg that you'd probably take out some starters, but not the case. And uh, New Mexico state ended up uh, kicking a game winning field goal as time expired to, uh, to sink that bet for me. But yeah, I'm curious about this one. Um, I haven't really been a full believer in Liberty this entire year, but you know what? Credit to them. They've gone out pretty much every week and just dominated everybody uh, in their path, maybe outside of UTEP this past weekend where, you know, they just had a workmanlike, you know, two touchdown victory against the uh, against the miners who ended up scoring late touchdowns there. Uh, early thoughts on uh, on the CUSA title. So I get this one 12 and a half with Liberty, the home favorite here. And this is not a neutral site game. As you mentioned, they're going out to Lynchburg, Virginia. Second time with New Mexico State making this trip. First game was way, way back in week two. And that was when Liberty won 33, 17, 526 to 339 in yardage in that game. Uh, New Mexico State only ran 50 plays. Liberty ran 77 because they ran the ball 52 times for 250 yards. And this Liberty team is fantastic. And Caden Salter has played remarkably well. I'll be curious to see if any Power 5 team tries to throw a big NIL bag at him because he's run this offense really, really efficiently. And Jamie Chadwell's scheme is a little bit complicated. How about this? This is from CFB Graphs. Parker Fleming, who I know is a regular guest on your show, Beast in Primetime. Caden Salter, sixth in the country in total EPA among quarterbacks, expected points added, trailing Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., Carson Beck, and Dylan Gabriel. I know Liberty's played a pathetic schedule, but that's some very esteemed company 
that Caden Salter is in here. And as good as Diego Pavia is, and by the way, New Mexico State had four turnovers in that game against Jacksonville State. I think Liberty just squeezes them into submission here. I actually like the Flames laying the 10 and a half. All right, to Saturday, uh, Texas now a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. DraftKings up to 15 against Oklahoma State. You know, uh, the Pokes, I guess, ultimately, I'll, I'll when I have a 14-point window, I'm going to try to middle this uh, from a preseason Big Ten future, plus 120, I believe, or plus 110. I wrote it up in the guide uh, earlier, you know, this, uh, this offseason. So, Got a two-touchdown window here, but Oklahoma State really has has kind of trailed off here uh, as the season has. You know, it's funny because they got off to such a horrific start, right? And they lose to South Alabama, um, and we don't know, you know, what to expect from this Oklahoma State team. They needed overtime against BYU uh, and to come back to beat uh, the Cougars. They were down twenty-four to six at halftime to BYU at home. And uh, ultimately, they were able to get the win. Ollie Gordon scores five touchdowns. So it, it feels like this is uh, this is an impossible Oklahoma State team to figure out. Since they beat Oklahoma, they lost by six touchdowns to UCF. They beat Houston, and then they needed overtime to beat BYU. So now they sit as a massive underdog to Texas. Who you know, credit to Texas. Uh, you know, they've done a pretty good job here, you know, down the stretch. And I know Texas Tech was a popular bet by some uh, not to be the case as uh, they put up a 57 spot on the Red Raiders. Yeah, I think this is tough because there's there's recency bias going against both teams here. I mean, especially for Oklahoma State, as you mentioned, you know, they play the three newcomers, three of the four newcomers into the Big 12 in UCF, Houston and BYU and don't really look good against any of them. And of course, Houston just firing Dana Holgerson with how their season went. And for Texas, they played with their food a lot. I mean, they let Kansas State back in the game. They let TCU back in the game. Two furious fourth-quarter comebacks. They were pretty good against Iowa State. That was a game that hung in the balance for a long period of time uh, up in Ames. But then last week, the 50-point win over Texas Tech, I think gave people a pretty big sense of confidence in the Longhorns. I don't necessarily have that same confidence for this number to be going all the way up to you know as high as 15 out there in the market. That being said, Oklahoma State is a team that I just I don't know what they are. I don't know where they are. If Ollie Gordon's not running for a buck 60 plus, they have a hard time staying in games. I don't know if he can do that against Texas. So nothing for me in this game. I think the number is maybe getting a little bit high, but I still I can't find enough compelling reasons to want to take the Cowboys. Yeah, um, yeah. I have to decide what I'm going to do. I, I probably once again, if you got a f- two touchdown window, try to try to thread the needle. Uh, probably do like a quarter of of what I bet initially, and see if we can middle it. Uh, Ford Field noon. Uh, we got Toledo laying seven and a half against Miami, and uh, another like I. I bet both of these. I bet Miami against Ball State, and uh, they were able to get the win um, against Ball State, not the cover. But they played all their starters for my for my kind of what I saw there, and Toledo did the same as well. Jason Candle up for a bunch of jobs. Doesn't look like he's going to get Syracuse. It looks like that's going to go to the Georgia defensive backs coach. Uh, maybe Indiana is a possibility. You always wonder, um, you know how. 
if that's a distraction at all. Seven and a half, seven out there. Um, Toledo, Miami. These two teams did play already once this year with Toledo winning that one. So uh, any thoughts on Toledo and Miami so far? Yeah, and I don't think you want to really put too, too much stock into the first game. Brett Gabbert got hurt in that game. Now, Toledo was up 21-3 to at halftime, but Miami made some good adjustments, shut them down in the second half, but Gabbert was hurt. That's the game where Avion Smith wound up taking over, and of course, he's now the starting quarterback for Miami here in this game. So Miami, you know, revenge for that, win one for the Gipper type of angle there with with Gabbert, but I think Toledo's just the better team, and and look, I mean, Toledo, they're a last-second field goal by Illinois away from being undefeated at this point in time, and honestly, Toledo was the better team throughout that game against Illinois. They got outscored 23-16 in the second half, took a 12-7 lead into halftime, had over 400 yards of offense, so Toledo is legitimately a solid team, despite the fact that the MAC isn't very good. Uh I, I lean with Miami of Ohio just because defensively they are pretty good, but not a game that, that I will have any bet on. Uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll take a look. Uh, we'll keep running through just initial thoughts on uh, the championship weekend ahead of us. We'll also hit on some Heisman, some coaching movements, and uh, a little frustration from uh, from yours truly from something that I witnessed on Friday night. So quick break. More to come on the other side. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Hey, guys. It's Steve Covino from Covino & Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. All right, we're back here on the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. And, uh, you know, we just had Thanksgiving weekend. Black Friday came and went, but... Adam, I'll let you uh, take the reins on this because I know uh, we here at Visa and the Black Friday deal that is just 60 bucks for everything we offer is uh, getting extended. Yeah, I mean, this is a fantastic offer. I think this is the best offer that we've had uh, in the two plus years that I've been working here at Visa and maybe the best they've had in the history of the company because it, goes, it runs up until May 1st. So you get all of our bowl coverage will have previews of every bowl game with at least 72 hours lead time. We want to make sure we have time for opt-outs, uh, you know, lines to kind of settle based on those opt-outs, stuff like that. Super Bowl, that's not that far away. March Madness, that's not that far away. We'll have betting guides for both of those events, not to mention all the stuff we do on the website. My MLB season preview is included in that mix as well, not to mention daily, weekly NBA and NHL content. And of course, you know, that gets you through the regular season of both of those. So 60 bucks is the most bang for your buck we've ever offered. And I think it's definitely something you want to take advantage of over at vcin.com slash subscribe. Yeah. Awesome deal. Uh, make sure you take advantage of that through Thursday. All right. Um, we left off with uh, the MAC championship in our backyard, Allegiant Stadium, UNLV, after the computers figured it out uh san jose state fans and uh folks uh, i'm sure in that locker room are pretty upset because there are a handful of other conferences via their tie-breaking methods would have had the spartans in there 
But regardless, UNLV hosting Boise State. Uh, I want to see if I can find my tweet uh, because Andy Avalos, how is he feeling right now? Because this Boise State team, since he got fired and they were on the verge of missing a bowl, I think for the first time in like 18 years, uh, they are now headed to the championship game. They dominated the back, you know, both teams and, and, and covered both. So I said, what is Andy Avalos thinking right now? He gets fired. Boise wins back-to-back games. And now they're going to the Mountain West Championship, beating Air Force. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. We've seen the market take some UNLV money here. Uh, this thing, Open 3, has got bet down to two at Circa. My initial thought would be the Broncos here. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest, like I said, I haven't bet any of these games yet. But uh, early feel on, on UNLV Boise State at Allegiant Stadium on, uh, on Saturday. Well, this is one where my line is a little bit off from the market. I got Boise State four and a half point favorite in this game. And that does account for, of course, the fact that UNLV is at home in this one. Um, Look, I mean, I did upgrade Boise State significantly. I was on Utah State a couple of weeks ago, um, probably a position I shouldn't have held after talking to you. And you mentioned to me that you had talked to some people around the Boise State program. And they said that the team was pretty much thrilled that Avalos wasn't there anymore. And they you know, played like their hair was on fire in that game against Utah State and then beating Air Force, who, by the way, Zach Larrier, of course, didn't play that game for Air Force, actually didn't play, despite the fact that, you know, he was supposed to be out for a while like a month ago. Um, but, you know, look, I mean, I, I think UNLV is really good. I think Barry Odom's a really, really good coach. I think Boise State over the last few weeks has played some bad quarterbacks. They will not play a bad quarterback here because Jaden Maiava has played extremely well here for UNLV throughout the course of the season. So I lean with Boise State as well, uh, especially getting two and a half as opposed to having to lay three, but wouldn't be that strong of a position for me because maybe UNLV is just actually really good despite the slow start last week against San Jose State. Yeah, and uh, Boise State, or excuse me, UNLV, as as I think many of us know, 10-2 and two ATS, uh, their lone well, their loss to Michigan was a cover. Their loss to San Jose State was not. Uh, we saw market movement towards San Jose State in, in that one. So, uh, you know, based right now off of the odds, the two closest games point spread-wise are Mountain West Championship and uh, the ACC Championship, which we'll get to here momentarily. Tulane SMU. Uh, look, I was ready to bet the ponies here, uh, take, take the points, but Preston Stone is – not only out for this game, he's done for the year. So that's that's a huge blow for the Ponies who, uh, you know, uh, they were the favorite to win this conference uh, leading into that game against Navy. He gets hurt, done for the year. And uh, Tulane, uh, I, you know, give them credit. Uh, I thought they, they played very well uh, against UTSA. I thought really dominated that game uh, pretty much in that one. And, uh, and now Tulane, another chance to to win this conference and and to head to a New Year's Six bowl game. They have the better ranking uh, ahead of Liberty. So if Tulane wins this, they're going to a, a New Year's Six. I would think SMU probably jumps SMU with the or excuse me jumps Liberty with the win. But uh, Preston Stone being out is a is a huge blow there. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, for SMU, there are only two losses this season on the road at Oklahoma and then the rivalry game against TCU. 
Kevin Jennings will get the call here. He's a redshirt freshman quarterback, 18 of 24, 224 on the season so far. Uh, not a whole lot of experience as a true freshman last year, either 17 of 22, but he was efficient in his appearances. And he's a six foot kid out of Texas, as I said, redshirt freshman. So a little bit of unknown there, I think, uh, you know, for Tulane in terms of kind of game planning for this one. I kind of think, honestly, I like SMU in this game now. I think that this line's moved a little bit too far here. I mean, we're talking about a situation where, you know, like the lines implied, I would have had SMU favored in this game if Stone was healthy. I gave SMU a four-point downgrade in my power ratings for Stone. Apparently, that wasn't enough. Market's looking more like six, seven, maybe a little bit more. But SMU, I realized they didn't play Tulane. They didn't play UTSA. They did end up playing Memphis, but it was later on in the season. Uh, they actually avoided South Florida as well, who's actually a pretty good offensive team. So maybe this is all just schedule-based, but they are seventh in the country in yards per play allowed on defense. So we'll see how legit they are going up against Tulane, but I think this line's just gotten too big. There were a lot of people, when I kind of looked up you know, Stone and looked for kind of the fan base reaction on the SMU side, they're kind of like, well, you know what? Like, now everyone gets to see how good Kevin Jennings is. So we'll see. But I think this line's gotten a little bit too high here. I don't know if I'm going to jump on it yet because I think it still may run out a little bit more. But I think SMU is actually the play here in this game. All right. Um, keep it moving here. Uh, App State and Troy should be James Madison versus Troy. But we digress. Uh, Troy laying six and a half at home against the uh, – against the Mountaineers in the Sun Belt. Yeah, so I wrote this one up over at vcin.com, and uh, something I didn't really realize, you know, Appalachian State is typically a run-first type of offense, and they've certainly had to be over the last two seasons with Chase Bryce, who was you know originally at Clemson and then went on to Duke and then transferred to App State. But Joey Aguilar, 33 touchdown passes for App State here, and App State in the tougher division, in the East division, now, Troy's really, really good defensively once again, and the West Division did get better on offense. Arkansas State really came alive when Jalen Rayner took over. Texas State, of course, with G.J. Kinney, who's on a rocket ship to some kind of Power 5 job within the next year or two. Uh, Troy's defense played well against both of those teams, so I think there's a chance they can shut down App State, but both of these teams are so balanced on offense. Troy's defense is better. They're also at home. That's why they're favored, but... I think six and a half is just a little bit too much in this game. I think this is more like a, you know, three and a half, four point line. So I like App State in this game. I think that both teams are really balanced. It should be a great football game. But I think Aguilar is just maybe a little bit better than Gunnar Watson. So I think App State is the play there plus six and a half. If you want realistic chaos, I think the ACC championship is uh, is where we look. And uh, we will get to Georgia, Alabama. I know I skipped over that one, but Florida State is now laying two and a half. It's a juice two and a half at some spots, but this has been a steady, steady movement towards Louisville in this spot. And I think a lot of it has to do with what we saw last weekend. And it wasn't that Louisville lost to Kentucky, which... I'm kicking myself. I know Matt Newmans gave it out on this podcast, so good hit by Matt. But look, if you watched that game on Saturday night, you did not come away all that impressed with a Florida State offense that had 224 yards 
against Florida, a Florida team that is not even going to a bowl game this year. Um, Tate Rodemaker, he's going to have to play better than that against uh, a, a Louisville team that is led by a head coach that has thrived in these moments his entire career. Uh, I like both these coaches. I like Mike Norvell. I really like Jeff Brom, especially in these types of spots as a dog. Uh, and I kind of like the fact that Louisville lost last week. I, it just, it feels like, man, uh, I don't know. I haven't bet this one yet. I missed the three, which I'm kind of annoyed about. But um, I, I think Louisville is is certainly live based off of the number. And boy, Tate Rodemaker did not uh, exactly exude any confidence in uh, in Florida State make it to the playoff here no he didn't play well and and honestly i'm surprised he came back into that game after the vicious hit oh, that, that he was took. gross um i i don't know i feel like maybe florida state should have protected him a little bit more i realize what's at stake but man i mean maybe he passed a concussion test i don't know but it seemed fast it seemed real fast coming back in look i'll say this was it impressive for florida state last week i think a lot of people will say no but honestly, this team was down 12 nothing on the road with everything to lose in that game. Their first four drives were worth exactly zero yards. Minus seven, minus one, plus 14, minus six. Then they had a touchdown drive right before half. Florida misses a field goal. Come out after half, get a touchdown. Had another field goal drive and a long touchdown drive in the second half. I was really impressed with the resilience shown by Florida State in that game. Does that mean anything here against Louisville? I don't know, but how good is Louisville? I mean, they've not played a very good schedule. They avoided Clemson. They didn't play Florida State. When they played NC State, they only won 13 to 10. You know, they had problems with Georgia Tech in, in the first game of the season. The Duke game, they got a little bit of a break, to say the least, because Riley Leonard was was very banged up and really shouldn't have played that game at all. Then they lose to Kentucky. I mean, I don't think Louisville is really that great of a team, so... I would lean very slightly towards Florida State now with this super adjusted number, but this will probably not be a game I have a bet on. Yeah, I mean, Louisville, uh, the the turnover fortune kind of went against them uh, in this particular spot. They've been pretty fortunate uh, with the turnover margin. They you know, lost the battle against Kentucky 3-1. to one. So uh, I'm looking at the Cardinals right now. I uh, haven't bet it yet, but uh, that would be my – uh, initial feel. We'll see how the week goes uh, before we give out picks on Thursday. All right, let's get to the SEC championship. Georgia, Alabama, Georgia beats Georgia Tech 31 to 23 in uh, in their rivalry game. And then Alabama somehow, some way in one of the craziest finishes of the entire college football season beats Auburn with a touchdown to the corner of the end zone on what was it fourth and goal from the 31 i want to say uh it was just an absolute wild play isaiah bond corner of the end zone jalen milrow put a throw up there that only only bond could catch and uh, alabama uh finds a way to snatch victory away from auburn there um if you had under 10 and a half wins on Alabama, my condolences. If you had over six and a half wins on Auburn, my condolences. That was brutal. Uh, but man, it does feel kind of like the line was four all week. The, 
these two games get played, there's no real injuries, and now we're up to six. Man, it it does kind of feel like Alabama's kind of got them in that spot where uh, where they love to be, whereas nobody's believing in them. Man, this is tough because, you know, I, I spent a while coming into to this game thinking Alabama's playing at a high level right now. They could beat Georgia. And then you see that performance last week against Auburn where if that kid for Auburn catches that punt return, I mean, Alabama's probably getting the ball back, but they're getting the ball back with a lot less time. You know, and, and Alabama's defense still played well in that game. Auburn ran it on him a little bit, but Peyton Thorne did absolutely nothing throwing the football. So Alabama's defense was still there. Milrow made a play, saved the season by and large for Alabama. But Georgia was playing at such a high level. I mean, they smoked Ole Miss. They had no issue with Tennessee on the road. The, the game against Missouri is closer than the final score would indicate. And then last week, they just didn't really seem super motivated against Georgia Tech. And obviously, no one's holding that game against them. Uh, I I think Georgia's just too good. Honestly, I really, truly believe that Georgia's just too good. I could absolutely see them winning and covering this number. But, look, I mean, you don't make a lot of money firing against Nick Saban. So... I think the under is probably the way to look in this game, to be totally honest with you, because Georgia's defense is very good. Alabama's defense is still quite solid, but I don't think I'm going to have a bet in this one, Tim. All right, final uh, final one. Iowa, they keep on doing it. Uh, I bet against them last week, and uh, Chiba Purdy decided to throw it right to their linebacker at the end of the game. 10-2 and two to the under now, and with a total of 35-and-a-half, ladies and gentlemen, the Michigan Wolverines are laying 23. Can we thread the needle, Michigan cover, and the under still hit? Well, how many points do you really think Iowa can score in this game? That's that's honestly the big question here. I mean, their offense is beyond pathetic, and Michigan's offense doesn't impress me. I kind of talked about that at the top of the show. I mean, you know, their biggest pass play in that game against Ohio State was from Donovan Edwards, the running back. Blake Corum found holes every now and then, and Michigan had the one drive where they really pushed Ohio State around. But for the most part, I was very unimpressed with most everything that the Wolverines did in that game, which is why it's even more of a piss off that the Buckeyes couldn't win it. I will be looking forward to betting on presumably Oregon against Michigan in the semifinal game because I think that's going to be your 2 3 matchup. What do you do with this game? I don't know. I, I I truly don't know. I mean, I, I could see Michigan winning this game, you know, 31 to three, something like that finds a way to stay under and Michigan winds up covering. But I just, I don't see how Iowa scores. I don't know what their team total is going to be in this game. I'm not sure if those are out yet, but <laughs> it's going to be low and it would be very hard to bet the over. Well, team totals are out and over under, we'll just call it yes, no, because it's over under a half. Yes, no, will Iowa score a touchdown? Yes is plus 115. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, I, I think the I think the most important takeaway here is that the Big Ten is getting rid of divisions next year, and thank God for that. Although, look, I mean, the West division would be a lot better with all these Pac-12 teams coming in. But yeah. There's no reason to have divisions. We should just be running back Ohio State, Michigan again. 
Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Uh, there's no doubt. So uh, there's a quick look at uh, the conference championship weekend. Uh, we will have a full breakdown later this week with Matt Humans and uh, Best Bets coming your way. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the updated Heisman market, a couple thoughts on the coaching changes, and then uh, I do have a, a thought on now a fired head coach and uh, how it ultimately screwed me in a win total bet. Come on back after this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Available with all wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. 
And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, we're back. Uh, Once again, as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the Beeson College Football Betting Podcast. Bowl season is right around the corner. It's our time to shine. We love the bowl season. Uh, Let's take a quick look at the Heisman market. And uh, Adam, as most people know, and uh, as uh, someone let me know on on Twitter when a handful of my bets were not hitting this week, which it was not a great week. I'll fully, I'll take that one. That one uh, tapped myself on the chest on a pretty crappy week, one in five on official plays here on the podcast. But, uh, uh, as he reminded me, yeah, I know. You always uh, remind yourself of the Bo Nix bet. All right, sorry. We were just, you know, reading the market at 30 to 1. So uh, he's now minus 165 at DraftKings. Jaden Daniels plus 135. Michael Penix 16 to 1. And that's pretty much it. Uh, Marvin Harrison out to 200 to 1. Uh, no one else is going to win this award outside of those three, really. It seems like those two. So Adam. As we sit here as Bo Nix, 30-1 to 1 ticket holders, what do we do on uh, on championship weekend with Oregon as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite? Well, my initial investment's only 50 bucks here, so this isn't life-changing money or anything like that. I'm not going to worry about a hedge. I'm, I'm going to hope that Nix goes out there, drops five or six touchdowns on Washington, and you know, that should seal the award for him. I, I think that there's some sentiment out there that, you know, if he plays well, 300 yards, three touchdowns, puts his team in the college football playoff, that'll be enough. I hope that's the case. I mean, look, we have 30 to one. We want Bo Nix to win it, but you and I are both very much on record on this show as saying Jaden Daniels should win the award. So there's no bias from us because of the position that we're holding. We agree. Jaden Daniels should win the award. He put up absurd numbers, but just kind of handicapping the voters sort of handicapping the context here. Bo Nix has a chance to put his team in the playoff. Jaden Daniels does not. Jaden Daniels' team lost three games. And frankly, they were kind of on their way to a fourth against Texas A&M before he really woke up in the second half. So I'm just going to let it ride. I'm just going to leave it. Hope that Nix goes out there, balls out here in Vegas, standalone game Friday night, chance to, you know, it's a college football playoff quarterfinal game, basically. If he wins it and plays well, then the award should be his just kind of based on the context. But hey, if Daniels wins it, I mean, look, we, we made a good bet. We got equity out of it in the sense that the price greatly improved while we were holding it. I don't know what your plan is, but it's all you can ask for, you know, is when you take a future being in a position to be able to cash that ticket or at least make some money off of it. And for me, I'm just going to let it go. But I realize some other people maybe would take Daniels in that Heisman market. So let me ask you this. If Washington wins, does Penix win this award or have the last handful of games kind of taken him out of the running? The odds would tell you they've kind of taken him out of the running, and that's where I would sit. I do think 
it's Knicks or Daniels at this point in time. I'm sure if Washington wins and you know Michael Penix plays incredibly well, there will be some uh, folks wanting to bet him, especially because they would be an undefeated Washington team with two wins over Oregon. So my question to you is, would you look at Penix 16 to one? Would you look at Washington money line, which is sitting at, you know, north of three to one? Or I, I wouldn't the the only bet I wouldn't make is Jaden Daniels to win Heisman. I, I think there's better ways to do it. I, I think instead of playing Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman, take Washington on the money line. Cause I think if Oregon loses, Daniels wins, and then you're getting, you know, a dollar seventy better on the Washington money line. So I really wouldn't take Jaden Daniels uh, on the money line. I think there are better ways to go about it if you're trying to fade Bo Nix. Yeah, I, I don't think that Penix can win it now uh, unless he's absurdly good against Oregon, and I don't think that's going to be the case. And you and I mentioned it earlier in the show. We both think Oregon's going to win. It's just a matter of how much they win by. I, I couldn't take Washington money line here. Um, the, the one thing I guess I could potentially consider, let's say Nix is, you know, 28 of 37 for 315, three touchdowns and a pick, right? And they win the game. Well, what does Daniels go out to? Three to one plus 250, something like that. Is that maybe the buy sign on Daniels just to kind of, you know, protect right. the potential winnings and the investment that you have? Maybe that's the way that you go about it. But I think something that's really interesting here about Penix, his numbers this season, 280 completions, 427 attempts, 65.6% completion rate just shy of 3,900 yards 32 touchdowns eight picks last year for Penix 65.3 percent completion rate 31 to 8 touchdown interception ratio now he's got two games left but his numbers right now are almost identical to what he had last season because of how pedestrian he's been over these last four games really the last three games specifically I you know outside that USC game that they won 52 42 so I think because he struggled down the stretch. You know, the voters are, you know, kind of recency bias oriented. And I think that would be more than enough to take Penix out of the running. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, so we will see. Um, love the bet that we made. And uh, I know we a bunch of people tailed us and, and I'm, I'm glad for that. And look to be sitting at minus 165 heading into a spot where you've got a team as a nine and a half point favorite in a championship game and our competition is not playing. Um, and I think Bo Nix is, is really on an upswing here. I, I thought he played really well against Oregon state uh, over the weekend. So we will see, I, I know LSU is making their pitch right now. And, and yeah, if the award was awarded to the player that should win it uh, as the most valuable college football player, yeah, Jaden Daniels will win it. But history has told us that, a three-loss team that's not playing on championship weekend, it, they're just their quarterback's not going to win it. So, well, uh, and and how does the the Heisman voting electorate read this? Because, like I mentioned, Oregon basically took the second half off in each of the last two games, and LSU is still throwing sixty-yard passes against Georgia State a couple weeks ago. Yep. Like, does that context matter? You know, are people who study this and vote on this going to go, okay, well, 
you know, that's right. Bo Nix played one series in the game against Arizona State, had a had a touchdown called back because of offensive pass interference. And then Oregon just was like, hey, we're protecting our quarterback. Like, you can't punish Bo Nix because he's playing for the college football playoff and his head coach is being very careful with him. At least that's the way I look at it. I don't know if the voters will, but I don't think you can really hold it against Bo Nix that he's effectively missed out on three and a half quarters because his team had bigger goals in mind. By the way, um, speaking of Georgia State, maybe one of the craziest finishes I've ever seen happen to get Old Dominion Bowl eligible over the weekend. Uh, I don't know how it really happened. I think it was on Bad Beats on uh, Van Pelt Center. It was 21-0 at halftime Georgia State. It was 24-14 with like a, a minute and change to go. They kicked a field goal, uh, Old, uh, Old Dominion did, to make it 24-17. to 17. They kicked an onside. They kicked off fully. Um, trying to see how this all played out. Then Georgia State got tackled for a safety. Old Dominion then went the length of the field and scored on fourth and goal from the three as time expired to win 25-24. Yeah, there were some uh, some strange endings last yeah. week, to say the least. I mean, the Alabama one obviously stands out the most, but that was definitely one with uh, with with Old Dominion coming back. And Ricky Ronnie did a hell of a job with that team this season. I mean, you know, their losses, none of them are really that bad. I mean, they lose to Virginia Tech. Florida, or Wake Forest was awful, but still ACC versus Sunbelt. Lose on the road at Marshall by six. Then lost to James Madison and Coastal Carolina by seven combined points. Got blown out by Liberty in a game where I was on the Monarchs. But honestly, I mean, they kind of won every game that they were supposed to and lost every game that they were supposed to. So the close losses are maybe a building block for Old Dominion going forward. And what is a stacked Sunbelt Conference? Every team in the East Division bowl eligible with at least six wins. Yeah, and good news, uh, James Madison and Jacksonville State will be bowling this year, rightfully so. Very curious to see where James Madison goes, and also very curious to see if uh, Kirk Signetti will be the head coach of James Madison. I know his name was uh, brought up in a Bruce Feldman's article on the Duke opening, and that's what leads us into uh, our final thoughts here. Uh, We have seen the coaching carousel on the move. Not every job has been filled yet. Uh, I think uh, a handful of coaches coaching this weekend could potentially be on the move, whether it be Jason Candle from Toledo or uh, some others. But what did you make of uh, a couple of the hirings so far? Mike Elko to A&M. Jeff Lebby goes to Mississippi State. Jeff Lebby was the Oklahoma offensive coordinator prior to that, the Ole Miss offensive coordinator. Jonathan Smith leaves his alma mater after the Civil War, to go from Oregon State to Michigan State. And uh, according to reports, it looks like uh, Syracuse has found their coach uh, in, I believe it is Fern Brown uh, from Georgia. He will be headed to uh, headed to uh, Syracuse there. So uh, what have you made of these hirings? Uh, Fran Brown, excuse me, uh, that Syracuse is targeting him. Is that Farmer Fran from uh, Waterboy? And <laughs> hey, now, hey, now I'm going up to Syracuse. So 
Well, I mean, Mike Elko makes a ton of sense, right? I mean, he's very familiar with the program, was Jimbo's defensive coordinator for four seasons. That one makes a lot of sense, a very circuitous way to get there. So, you know, apparently they had hired Mark Stoops. Yeah, I was and like, then... did they want him? No, they wanted Mark Stoops. And then someone <laughs> was like, no, 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 we want Mike Elko. And then the fan base revolts. And, you know, fortunately, they have boosters with a ton of money there. So, th- so they wind up with Elko, and that's great. I mean, I think Elko will do fine there. But, you know, is Elko... I don't know, a home run hire for Texas A&M with the expectations that they have in that program. I don't really know. I know that Jonathan Smith had to leave. I, I understand that with Oregon State effectively being orphaned here, not really being part of the Pac-12, not being part of the Mountain West, not being part of anything. I understand that he had to go. It's always a bummer when somebody gets their dream job and, and you know has to move on because there's money and opportunity elsewhere. But I got to say, like people are talking about how great of a hire this is and all of that. And yeah, it is. But in the new look Big Ten, what is the ceiling for Michigan State? I mean, can they be better than like the sixth or seventh best team in that conference with Washington, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, James Franklin, you know, the 10 and two, the driving instructor that he's going to go 10 and two pretty much every year, at least you know, was up until, you know, now we get some infusion of Pac-12 talent. Like, Jonathan Smith might be a damn good head coach. I think he's a great offensive schemer. But is Michigan State really going to be able to compete in the new look Big Big Ten anytime soon, the Big 16, 18, whatever the hell it is now? Like, I get it, and I think it's a good hire. But for him, I don't know. I feel like maybe I would have shot for something a, a little bit better. I mean, I guess to play devil's advocate, Michigan State has made the playoff in in the playoff history uh, under Mark D'Antonio. So um, they've got money, obviously, with uh, the money that they threw out there uh, to you know the previous regime. But yeah, I mean, I just I guess Jonathan Smith was saying I got to get out of Dodge. You know, I don't know, um, and he didn't want to wait around one more year. So it, it stinks. I mean, you know, Oregon State and Washington State being screwed over as much as they have. And I know there's the legality side of things with the, the, uh, you know, whatever injunction or whatever it was that they won that hopefully the PAC 12 maybe won't go away, uh, in a handful of years, they'll be able to sustain it. But yeah, it's a bummer. Um, the Mike Elko hire is interesting. You know, they, they shot for the moon, you know, they gave Jimbo that, what was it? A plaque that said national championship, you know, 2000 and left the last two years blank. It's a solid hire. Uh, I think Mike Elko is a very, very good coach. Look at what he did at Duke. And, uh, you know, first game in uh, A&M Elko history will be against Notre Dame down there in uh, Kyle Field. So that'll be a a fun one there. A handful of other openings, and I'm sure they'll continue. Houston's open. Uh, UTSA is open. Uh, The carousel is really just... uh, just getting going, but uh, I'm going to wrap. Think, well, U- UTEP's open, but you think UTSA opens up? You think Trailer is going to go? No. Uh, Houston? Maybe like maybe Houston. I, I saw a report that they're going to try to keep him, uh, certainly. Um, I thought he would have been a good hire at Texas A&M. I'm sure the A&M faithful wouldn't have accepted it, but I thought he would have been a pretty good hire there uh, at Texas A&M. So. Rick Stockstill. I feel like we don't know college football without Rick Stockstill. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he gets let go here at Middle Tennessee. And I, I think to me, I mean, the most interesting job that's currently open by far is Boise State. I agree. I mean, Boise State, they 
have a very solid athletic department. The basketball team is good. We know that they're willing to put money into the football team. Seems like the profile for the Mountain West may get stronger if they do add Oregon State and Washington State to the mix. That's a really, really interesting job. And I'm going to be very curious to see who comes away with it. And I know the uh, the guy, uh, Danielson, the interim right now, has been formally um, interviewed for the job. Indiana's open. Uh, I don't think that's a very good job. Um, no, that's a rough job. Sorry, Wes Reynolds. Um, you know, what, what's the goal there to get to bowl eligibility on a regular basis? Um, we talked about Syracuse. That's likely filled. San Diego State's open. So that's another one that's that's I don't know. I and mean, they got a new stadium there, so we'll we'll see uh what comes up there. And then lastly, I'll mention this. Um Friday. Will Monroe. That job's open. That is job is open. Um <laughs> was that not your last one? That point? was not my last one. Uh and it was uh it was Friday night, and uh, you know. Being honest, Friday, not the greatest day, right? Uh, had Nebraska, and that one got you know pissed away as as the game went on. And there were a couple other bets. Uh, took Western Michigan against Toledo, thinking uh, – uh, no, Central Michigan against Toledo, thinking that they could pull a Western from last year and beat an uninterested Toledo team, not to be the case. So, you know, I'll be honest. Uh, one of my biggest win total bets this – preseason as we were doing the write-ups and I wrote up the Mountain West was under for Utah State. They got ravaged in the portal and I really felt like I was in a good spot to fade Utah State. And they started one and three. They went on the road. They went to stores or to Hartford and they beat UConn as they blocked a field goal as time expired or to block the extra point. I'm like, all right, not great. Then they beat Colorado State, which was a pretty big hit for me. But then they lost the next two, and then they won the next two. So I was not sitting in great shape, but we mentioned that Boise State game. Boise State goes out and hammers them. So it all comes down to the New Mexico game. New Mexico, the week prior, beating Fresno State. Mexico not having a good year. But the market's coming in on New Mexico because – it looks like it's going to be the third string quarterback, Levi Williams, going for Utah State. So this game is crazy. It's bonkers going back and forth. I'm watching it on uh, on that Friday. And we get into this one late in this game. And we go to overtime. Utah State wins the toss. Or, sorry, New Mexico wins the toss. And they go and score a touchdown. New Mexico scores a touchdown as well. They're at home. They're a four and seven football team in overtime, knowing that the second overtime, you have to go for two no matter what. They kick the extra point. They kick the extra point. We go to second overtime. Second overtime, New Mexico gets down to the one-and-a-half-yard line, I believe. They come out to go for it. Then they call a timeout and decide to kick the field goal from the one-yard line. Utah State scores on their possession. Game over, 44-41. Win total dead. And Danny Gonzalez got fired the next day. (laughs) Like... That's that's your lasting memory is 
being super conservative in the final game of the year at home when you had a chance to end the game in overtime. I just, I don't get these coaches, man. I don't get them. No, I don't get it either. I mean, you know, these guys are tasked with making million dollar decisions and this is the best we can do across the 133 FBS teams. It, it never ceases to amaze me. It never ceases to amaze me at the pro level either, where you got 32 of these jobs and these guys still don't know what the hell to do. I look, I mean, you're at the point too, where like you're on a college campus you mean to tell me you don't have someone smart enough in the statistics department that understands game theory that can tell you what to do? Like, you don't even have to pay them. You just make them a graduate assistant. And like, just, and it blows it, my mind. And, and like, look, I, I kind of get it in that situation if it's, I don't know, for a conference championship game or whatever. But your, your season's over. Have some balls and go for it. Go for the win. Because... In the next overtime, you've got to go for two. So whatever two-point conversion you were going to utilize in second overtime, use it there. But I don't well, know. I don't know. He got he, he got, got, got what he deserved, yeah. right? I would have rather uh, him kept his job by winning that game, and I would have won my damn bet. But oh well, such is life. The beauty of uh, the beauty of betting, and at least I didn't have Alabama under or Auburn over or. Air Force over eight and a half. That one is uh, pretty brutal. 18 and a half point favorite against Army. 20 and a half point favorite against Hawaii. Three point favorite against UNLV. Lost all of them and uh, ends up eight and four. So uh, thanks, Tim. Yeah. Appreciate the reminder. Yeah. Not uh, not a fun one there for uh, for my friend Adam Burke. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, exciting week ahead. Make sure you check out all the write-ups on vcin.com for all of our conference championship coverage. Uh, two conference championships here in Las Vegas, just like uh, college football or college basketball, I should say. We got all these games, so uh, very much looking forward to those this week. Follow Adam on Twitter, at Skating Tripods. I'm at one Tim Murray. We'll be back on Thursday with a full breakdown with best bets, with Matt Humans right here on the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. See you, folks. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.